the purpose of the series is not to uh, make people feel worse for missing out. It's to connect us, inshallah, to some of the experiences that we have over there. And then also, you know, help us sort of think about these things in our own daily lives. And of course, uh, for those that intended to do Hajj, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it from you fully. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala facilitate Hajj for everyone who intends it in the near future. Allahumma ameen and accepted Hajj. Allahumma ameen. So I had to think long and hard about what my head story would be um, because alhamdulillah I've had the opportunity to go so many times and I've had the blessing of having so many things happen every year um, that make Hajj so special. Last year I had actually just gotten off the plane went straight to the masjid and I gave this khutbah called Becoming a Friend of Allah, uh, which was about the shuhada and their families from Christchurch um, who were at Hajj this particular past year and how powerful that was. But I want to go back to, um, you know, my first Hajj where, um, you know, it's 2006. Um, it was the year after you had uh, fires break out in Mina. So you had some some, you know, serious casualties that year. In 2005, 2006, as I went to Hajj, I was going with uh, just the sense of everything being so perfect. So let me just explain it to you. I am uh, at that time about to get married, um, you know, and this is my first Hajj. I feel a great, like I'm at, I'm at a good place in life. You know, this was after Hurricane Katrina had passed about a year after Katrina. So I'm kind of finding myself there. Um you know, in New Orleans and, you know, trajectories being defined. So things just seem, subhanAllah, so settled. And uh, 2006, I go to Hajj. Like most first-time Hajjaj, I get super sick uh, in Mina. Um, and, uh, you know, felt like I was going to die a few times. But the feeling of Hajj that year was optimism, hope. It was just extremely beautiful. And I felt a deep connection to Allah Azza wa Jal, uh, that year. Um, but it was it was very much so about the ritual, right? Making sure I'm getting hajj right, making sure I'm saying the right things. And uh, the du'as are hopeful, optimistic. Everything seems to be great. I get back from hajj after 2006. I um, I did my uh, katib kitab, or I did my nikah, meaning I, I, I officially at least signed the papers. I got married, um, but it was really an engagement period. The wedding was supposed to be shortly after, um, it was it was going to be the beginning of the next year. And um, subhanAllah, you know, as I just did Hajj on top of the world, just got married, um, technically speaking, right, did the nikah, preparing for the wedding. Um, you know, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, tested me with a great test, tested our family with a great test. My mother, may Allah have mercy on her, uh, suddenly passed away. And I'm in this position now where I don't know what's going to happen next, right? Uh, suddenly, life is not so great anymore, or it doesn't, you know, the happiness has kind of been taken away, the excitement of the wedding, everything is in shambles um, once again. And so the second hedge comes around. How does the second hedge come around? I decided at that point that I wanted to go forth and do hedge again, but the time was extremely short. So I had to jump on with an agency. Now, there were agencies that were inviting me to come on as an imam. I didn't want to go as an imam. I wanted to go and do hajj on behalf of my mother, 
may Allah have mercy on her who had just passed away. Uh, and she was not able to do Hajj in her own life because of her uh, because of her health uh, issues. And so I wanted to go do Hajj for her, and I wanted to um, you know f- uh, have sort of my alone time, be able to do it, but you know without without having the pressure of being the Imam of a group. Uh, so Allah Subhanahu wa Taala facilitated it. Alhamdulillah, that I was able to go to Hajj in 2007 again. Um, and it was uh, you know I would get back from Hajj uh, just a week before my wedding actually. Um, you know, uh, and so while I was there at Hajj 2007, it was a completely different feeling. You know, I was pulled back, and uh, in that Hajj, I was in in a completely different mindset than I was the year before, right? And uh, the du'as were different. the uh, The nature of how raw the du'as were was different. The feeling of vulnerability was different. The feeling of sadness was different, right? All of these different things had happened, subhanAllah, to where this hajj was so different from the previous hajj. It was almost like it was two separate rituals. And, um, you know, it taught me a valuable lesson amongst the many lessons. So, by the way, I'll just say this just to throw in something that uh, I almost didn't make it back in time for my wedding because my passport got lost. I was sitting in the Mutawaf's office. This is another Hajj lesson, by the way. I was sitting in the Mutawaf's office for uh, almost two full days. Uh, and the guy that was, uh, you know, trying to find my passport, who was holding me there, could not get in touch with my Hajj agency le- leader. I'm not going to shout out which Hajj agency I was with that year. Uh, but, you know, I was kind of hanging out with him for t- almost two whole days. I literally slept on the couch in the Mutawaf's office. And I was like, I got to get back for my wedding. But I was at that point so just submitted to whatever is going to happen is going to happen. And subhanAllah, he told me as I was uh, going um, home because we, we got to know each other. He told me that he'd never done Hajj before. And so he, he said that he's making the intention to go this next year because he was he was touched by our experience, our conversation about Hajj. And a lot of us don't realize sometimes that those that live in the immediate area of the Haram, either they work Hajj season or they, you know, they, they have to open their shops or their employees at those shops. Um, but the point is, is that a lot of those people that live around the Haram have actually never gotten to do Hajj. So I prayed that he was able to actually do Hajj. Allahumma ameen. Uh, so I, I got home and um, just just literally right in time for my wedding. Uh, I had the hedge cough in my wedding and everything. Um, but the, the main lesson, the main takeaway that, that, that I would like to impart with that is this idea that the best du'as are the ones that are unscripted, the ones that are raw, the ones when you're in a deep moment of sadness and vulnerability. And a lot of times when we're making the du'as that are about relieving hardship, and we might not feel like we're in great hardship. Um, you know, we're very mechanical with those du'as. A lot of times with our rituals, we can become very mechanical. But th- the thing is, is that when those rituals are there, when that salah is there, and when you're having a meaningful, you know, conversation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala five times a day, and then hopefully building on that and having a, you know, a portion of your night every night, or at least a, as many nights as you can of the week, where you just have a short period of qiyam, or you're praying, the best du'as are going to be the ones that are completely unscripted. The rituals are there to create the environment of a conversation between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Of course, they're there first and foremost because Allah commands us to worship Him. And so we do them first and foremost out of responding to His command. But the environment that's created when you are 
regularly going back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is such that it catches you in an extraordinary time and you're able to use what has already been created of a relationship or already been started of a relationship between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to catch yourself at your lowest point. And the best du'as are going to be the unscripted du'as. I tell people this in Arafah, that uh, in Arafah every year, you know, people prepare themselves and they don't know how to make du'a for this many hours, but they've got these hours and hours and hours of du'a, right? And some people will just keep reading a book over and over and over again. It's like, you know, your best du'as are going to be the ones that come from the heart. Allah doesn't need you to rhyme. Allah does not need you to sound a certain way. Um, observe, you know, read the du'as from the sunnah to springboard. Uh, and, you know, of course, read them uh, in a wholesome way. Don't just read through them quickly, but read them and, and appreciate them and understand them. But then let the next part of that be your unscripted du'as. And I would say it's important for us to, especially this year, by the way, even in Arafah, even if you're not in Arafah, uh, you know, and we're not going to be in Arafah, except for the few that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, would have bestowed that favor upon this year. But the day of Arafah, like actually craft out a certain amount of time where you make unscripted du'a, unscripted du'a, pour your heart out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, and you'll see that the goal of the du'a is not just to make the ask and to have the ask received, uh, but also to connect you to the one from whom we find purpose in life. And uh, yeah, so for me, I just wanted to share that with you all, subhanAllah, that, that the, the, the tale of two hajjas, right? So one hajj was optimistic, happy, um, you know, on top of the world, everything is going right. The next hajj was, uh, you know, f- falling apart, broken, uh, everything seems to be all over the place. But uh, alhamdulillah, I mean, for the opportunity to have done that hajj. And we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on our parents and forgive our parents. And we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us and our parents to be gathered in paradise and Jannah al-Firdaus around our beloved Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept hajj once again from all those that intended it this year. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala facilitate it for us and accept it hajj in the near future. Allahumma ameen. Jazakumullah khayran. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.